Welcome to the Paychex HR Leadership Series. I'm your host, Rob Parsons. I lead the content team here at Paychex, and we write extensively on a variety of HR topics, covering everything from HCM technology to team engagement to compliance with state and federal regulations. In this podcast, we speak with leaders and thinkers in the industry to provide our audience with the latest HR insights and information, and hopefully more than a little inspiration. Joining me today is Gene Meister. Gene is founding partner of Future Workplace, an HR advisory and research firm dedicated to assisting organizations in reimagining and reinventing how they operate in the future workplace. She is the co-author of The Future Workplace Experience, 10 Rules for Mastering Disruption in Recruiting and Engaging Employees. Gene is also a keynote speaker on the future of work and the growing importance of employee experience in the workplace. And most recently, she was one of the session speakers at our very own Paychex Business Conference. Jean, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. It's a pleasure. So it was great having you as an expert speaker at the business conference, and your session was very well received. Um, I think what many attendees found especially interesting was the 21 HR Jobs of the Future report. Can you tell me just a little bit about the study and how you even landed on the 21 HR jobs of the future? Yeah, well, certainly. Well, it started with some research that we uncovered, um, which is pretty su- not surprising as we reflect back, but we're talking 2019 when it was a very different world and different workplace. At that time, seven out of 10 workers stated in a survey we did with Cognizant that they depend on their employer for guidance in preparing them for the future of work. And I believe this is across organizations, large and small. There's so much uncertainty out there that they're really looking for their employer to guide them. So we um, partnered at Future Workplace with Cognizant and, uh, and, and started with a design thinking session hosted in Santa Clara, California, when we all had a hundred people in a room in November of 2019. And we talked about some of the big mega trends happening in terms of um, changing demographics and, and the use of artificial intelligence in the workplace and the changing role and nature of the office. Although we had not, you know, no way did we even think what we were headed into in 2020. But at that point, Um, We identified first 60 potential jobs in HR that were either work streams or full-time jobs. And then we built, um, as you know, a two-by-two grid with um, X axis being time from 2020 to 2030 and the Y axis being the level of technology centricity, meaning all jobs have some amount of digital literacy and it, you know, but depending on the job, you're either required to have a little more of it. And we launched this with an HBR article in August of 2020. Um, And as we look back and reflect, some of the jobs have definitely been accelerated because of COVID. Yeah. I wanted to touch on that um, Mm -hmm. because it was, I, I love the two by two grid but I bet you would redraw the grid differently now, uh, looking back and seeing what happened. What HR jobs of the future 
are or should be happening right now? Yeah, well, the first one is the director of well-being. And that's either a job or a work stream. And we had it on our grid, believe it or not, happening in 2024. And um, right now, we actually created an online course called 21 HR Jobs of the Future. And um, in the course is a director of well-being from PwC. But since then, we've identified, and I have personally spoken with many, many heads of well-being. And these are individuals that work in the HR function, often reporting to a CHRO or maybe one level down, and they are the champions for having the organization develop a holistic view of employee well-being, which is not just physical well-being. Right. Remember the days when companies would give people a Fitbit and uh-huh. challenge yep. team challenges mm-hmm. and, and say, okay, we're focused on well-being, right? So now what we have is organizations focusing and the head of well-being focusing on physical well-being, importantly, emotional well-being. Yes. Career well-being. Where what are my skills and what what are the gaps and how do I prepare for that next opportunity? Financial well-being. We we know that there are some really interesting new benefit offerings now. One, um, a new company is launching a new benefit called the emergency savings account to help employees save for emergencies because there's been an, a, a number of national surveys that say, you know, employees by and large, workers by and large, are not prepared for a big emergency like a hurricane where it does big damage to their property or they lose a job or there's an illness in their family. And so um, we're beginning to see that as a new benefit option. So this is somebody that really sets the strategy, the strategic direction for holistic well-being, And that is happening now. In fact, and we're gonna talk about this at the end of this session, Future Workplace created, um, did a survey on the 2021 sentiment survey, and we interviewed 200 heads of HR um, CHROs and employee well-being and mental health was the number one strategic priority for the next month. What's another? What's another job? Because yeah, well-being I get, and 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 it was it, it's a challenge and it's a topic we've talked about on the podcast, and I love your your conception as well. And it seems to be uh, accepted. It's holistic, and we got to have this this wide view. Um. What else is happening right now that's interesting in the HR space and, and these, these work streams and what we should be thinking about? Yeah. Well, the other one um, that I think everyone, literally every organization is dealing with right now is what we termed in the report, the work from home facilitator. But there are jobs now called the director of remote work. And I just got off the phone today with someone whose job is the hybrid workplace leader. And so these organizations are responsible for the integration and the engagement of the remote workforce. In survey after survey, what we have seen is employees want workplace flexibility. 
and they want to continue some type of remote work if their job can, if their job allows, right? right? And so this is someone that really think of this as someone having twin roles, one focused on technology, you know, does the org- has the organization invested in the right technology so that remote workers can be productive in their jobs? You know, for example, in design thinking sessions, you would often have a group together with sticky notes and, you know, and work through a solution. And now yeah. there are visual collaboration platforms called Mural and Moreau that you can do that on Zoom or on WebEx. Um, so that's one. The second is um, really the human side of remote work. And this is this individual, the head of either work, hybrid workplace or remote working is charged with creating employee work resource groups that are focused working with remote workers that you know bring remote workers together because the number one issue if you're working remote is an inclusivity issue yes i going to be t- am i going to be able to take advantage of the same career opportunities promotions right. mentoring coaching if I'm working remotely, say, three to four days a week, will there be reference for those that go into the office? And companies are struggling with this. And I think when the vast majority of of larger organizations go back, and even if you are back in your office right now, that's an issue you have to deal with. So this may be this may be an important work stream that the CEO and the leadership team needs to understand what are the principles of, of remote work um, and how much autonomy does do teams have, do team leaders have to um, make sure that remote workers feel included. I think that's such a huge deal. And, and there's this this layer of we've been working from home and we like the flexibility, but there's also this great layer of, you know, as a manager, if I'm hiring somebody, if I do remote work, right, I can get talent from across the country, from across the world, but I don't want to just get that talent and, and, and handle it poorly. I really want to manage that relationship in in a much more positive way. Yeah, absolutely. So, this is um, this is in a re- this is going to be a really important role, as you said, Rob, to 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 ensure that that an organization is able to um, create workplace flexibility that really works for the organization and for the individual. And this person also is is responsible for doing a lot of employee surveys, like what percentage of teams are in the same location. Yeah. Right? I mean, just think about your own team, you know, and Mm -hmm. what percent, and, you know, is is that one of the criteria where, well, if there's a a very small percent that are in the same location, they can just as easily work remotely. For sure. Another area, and I don't know if it qualifies as hybrid work, but we've experienced it. We're in a very creative arena, my team. We have a group of freelancers who are part of the team, but not really. And we're just trying to, to manage that the best way we can. Is there, is there something happening in that arena as well? Yeah. One of the jobs we identified was the gig economy manager. 
And um, with COVID, we've seen a rise in, um, you know, companies have had reorganizations and some of the, some of the work that's been brought back has been freelance or contract work. And, um, but what we're seeing differently is that the gig economy manager is really responsible for sort of strategically managing all the gig workers because often it's fragmented, you know, yes. Yes, may hire a couple of freelancers and your department and somebody else's. And there needs to be one one individual that's managing like the gig economy platform for all of these workers and and creating some policies. You know, do the freelancers take are they able to take advantage of the training and development that your organization has created for your full time workers? I mean, there are lots of gray lines and questions here that you really need to have a solid policy for. And, um, and I, I love the idea of company wide having a structure versus letting individual managers just catch as catch can. Right. That is key. And that's again, across all companies, regardless of size, they're going to, and in fact, more so with smaller companies, right? They're going to probably when they go back and, and business is picking up in their sector, they're probably going to be more likely to hire some contractors um, as they find their way um, with what's happening with their in, with their industry. Um, but for for this organ, for this individual, it's it's both managing the external workers, but also more companies are trying to have a, create a platform so that individuals can move throughout the company. Right, so that's it's called the in, internal gig workers. So, right, so you can, you know, or, or called internal talent mobility. Yeah. So how you move seamlessly and and have some um, visibility into new roles in the organization or new projects that that you might want to um, join as a way to expand your skill set. Um, so that's going to be in a really important role as we continue to, you know, resume life and, and our, you know, go back to the office. And notice I'm not saying go back to work because, Rob, I've been working harder than ever <laughs> since March of 2020. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that's a common sentiment for sure. People have yeah. been, it's, and I think that some of the, the energy around the future of work, around that hybrid workplace, is that people have proved it can be done. They've proved they can yeah. do it and that they can be trusted to do it. And then the, you know, now that you mentioned the future of work, the other role that we have is just that, the future of work leader. So we're beginning to see organizations step back and reflect on, well, what are the future skills and capabilities we need? to drive our growth strategies ahead? Are we prepared? Do we have the right people or do people need, you know, to be reskilled into new roles, right? Mm, And so they're they're now looking, adopting um, a leader that really works cross-functionally with business leaders, with IT, with HR, to um, and with think tanks or with universities to look at take an external view of where's the world of work going over the next decade and then 
with your, with the organization, you know, what, you know, how's the organization prepared for this? I, I, I love that. Um, the past few years, the themes at Sherm have been around HR getting a seat at a table, HR being more strategic. That really lands right in that lap of looking ahead, forecasting, and really constructing not just the employee base, but the workplace to really facilitate business success. Yeah. And, and, and this person, the future of work leader, would, at, would really ask the tough questions uh, that are that are at the heart of the hybrid workplace, which yeah. is what's the role and purpose of the office anyway? And right. we're seeing the role and purpose to be, um, you know, all around being a destination, right? Because you can do a lot of your focused work outside of your office. And so then you have to ask, well, why am I going into the office? Am I going into the office and, and if I'm on Zoom calls or, or Teams or, or WebEx, I can just as well be in my home office. I need to go there for a reason, a purpose. And I think the future of work leader will be working closely with real estate and facilities to look at if we adopt a, a flexible way of working how does the office mirror that workplace flexibility? And that's a that's just an, an excellent point, Gene. And and one I actually one of the roles I wanted to ask you about, yeah, uh, was this workplace environment architect because it, because the work it is a destination, it is changing, but also there's a lot. And you talked about it with well being. There's a lot of energy about creating safer, healthier more engaging workplaces for our, our employees. Yeah, and we're seeing some really interesting experiments here. Um, in, uh, actually, in California, we're beginning to see innovation office parks where smaller companies come together and share an office that's already been designed for well-being. And so just to give you a sense, you know, here I am in my home office, but I'm looking at trees all day. I happen to be, for those of you, I happen to be in upstate New York, uh, about right outside of Albany, New York, right? And so, but for many of us, if we go back to the office, we may not have a, view, a natural light. We may not have the natural light that we've been accustomed to. And study after study shows that Access to natural light reduces eye strain and headaches and really increases productivity. So I think we're, begin, we're going to begin to see small and mid-sized companies coming together in an innovation office park built and devoted to employee well-being. And that's one of the destiny, that's one of the reasons to go to the office now. That's that's fantastic. And and I know. We I'm craving going back and having everybody back because of the collaboration, just because of the, the connection. It's, it's, there is something to be said for having a conversation that isn't just a half hour zoom meeting. And yeah. I know a lot of our listeners have probably been at the office and have haven't left. Uh, but it is, I, I, I've heard a lot. There's just a lot of energy countrywide about this, this migration back. It's very interesting. So one of the things I also wanted to ask you, you know, a lot of our audience, they aren't working for Fortune 500 companies. They aren't thousands of people. They don't have 
locations across the world. Um, but I have to think some of this thinking would translate to a smaller environment. Can you shed a little light on that? Yes. And I, I think the, um, the example I mentioned with the hybrid workplace leader, um, that actually is, it's a fairly big size company. It's, I can disclose it's farmers insurance, 20,000 employees. Right. But the, but the notion of how to work successfully in a hybrid fashion started as an employee resource group, no cost from the company, right? And it's just building together a group that wants to explore this concept because they might, they wanna work in a more flexible fashion. And that grew to building a resource center of resources to help one be, be more productive as a remote worker and then that ultimately evolved into a full-time job for this individual. But employee resource groups, by and large, is a really perfect way to get going, regardless of your size. It's really, you know, listening to the voice of the employee, right? And tapping yeah. into that and then, you know, being responsive to what you hear. That's so very huge. And we just, um, we just put together a, a benefits book an ebook and and it was all about powered by your people it was the idea of you got to you got to listen i mean you can't just talk to a broker and hear oh these are the things that you should do it really helps to actually ask your audience <laughs> what they want right 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 yeah so <clears throat> while these have been identified as 21 hr jobs of the future rob i think these are really 21 work streams for anyone thinking about the future of HR and the future of listening to your employees and, and taking action, that's where I think the we, you will see some resonance with the forward thinking companies that, that are small businesses and, and returning to the office. Yep. And, and as we continue to have challenges around talent and retention, um, I think the companies that listen and pay attention actually create a workplace that, that is healthy and happy and fulfilling are going to win. They're going to succeed. Yeah. It's not just a feel-good uh, opportunity anymore. It's, it's a business imperative. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk, and you mentioned it earlier, you've got some new research around HR and the hybrid workplace. Can you tell me just a little bit about that survey? Yes. Um, we were thrilled to um, partner with um, a network, a CHRO, Chief Human Resource Network out of Boston University, Questrom School of Business, and our member network. And we um, had an online survey with 200 CHROs. And um, we asked them, you know, really focused on what were their strategic priorities. The number one strategic priority for them was employee well-being. And that we did that last year and that changed. The number one was employee experience and people analytics and transforming your learning function. Those were the three in 2020 when we, we surveyed people in 2019. So this year it's employee well-being, mental health, and DEI. And not surprisingly, but what is interesting is the um the the look the the progress that companies are making and the commitment 
to expand well-being from just the individual employee to the entire family. And that's what is the news for 2021, where we have companies like Starbucks and Walmart offering free counseling sessions. We have um, a whole new realm of benefits um, for, you know, helping people with the stresses that they've had yes. to go through in, in, in the last year. And then we really have um, companies that have said, well, actually, Committing to employee well-being is the latest and most important leadership competency. And I think that's a really important takeaway, regardless of the size of your company, to really lead with empathy and lead with trust and respect and with a recognition of a really hard time that many people have had, especially working women that have had to manage homeschooling and, and working spouses and men, it's not just women, you know, people that have families that have had to deal with homeschooling in addition to more than full-time work, really. Um, and so I, I was very encouraged by just the the range of, of um, innovation for both um, apps, new apps and counseling sessions, but more importantly, embedding well-being into the culture of the organization and making a commitment that this is a new leadership competency. I love that. I love that, Jean. Um, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. That was so much great information. Yes, you're absolutely welcome. And I would, of course, love everyone to see my session on Thrive, where I'm sure you will be able to have an easy link to it. Um, and I'd like to thank Paychex as an important partner of ours here at Future Workplace. Thank you so much, Rob. Oh, fantastic. And thank you to our listeners for joining. As Jean mentioned, I encourage you all to visit paychecks.com slash thrive to see the recording of Jean's full session from the business conference and to download your own copy of the 21 HR Jobs of the Future Report. We also have the Future Workplace 2021 HR Sentiment Survey, which we discussed, and we'll make that available in our show notes. And of course, I want you all to be on the lookout for upcoming research from Gene and Paychecks. Uh, we have some great content planned for you, which will really help as you all strive to do, do your very best for your companies and your employees. And as always, I want you all to stay happy and healthy. Thank you very much. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.